Melissa, what's your favorite type of cookie? You were just talking to me about cookies before we started recording here. Oof. Um, name brand. <laughs> you ever have somebody? Okay. <laughs> you ever think you're eating an Oreo and then you put it in your mouth and you realize it's like a store brand Oreo? Yeah. And it's only like 20% as good as a real Oreo? Yeah, like the cookies are a little bit softer or the cream is like yeah. extra sweet or something. And just like, what is this? Yeah. It tastes like pennies or something. It's a bad time. So you, so would you say in Oreo is your favorite? You, you I don't the like. Name I love brand them. stuff, but like, what what kind <laughs> of cookie? All of them. Like, I don't think there's a cookie I don't like. I'm not crazy about a peanut butter cookie by itself. I love peanut butter. But I, peanut butter is best as part of an ensemble cast. Sure. You need like a chocolate or something in there, I think, to really make peanut butter sing. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So you're, you're more for the like cookie charcuterie. Or just, oh, just... yeah. Oh, heck and all of them. I'll take a biscotti. <laughs> I'll take like a little pizzelle, one of those twirly like crispy cookie straws anything okay anything you could count as a cookie i will eat it okay see i this just tells me how lame i i i i am because in exactly the same way that i really only like pepperoni pizza i really only like chocolate chip cookies i mean i i like other ones too but that is like my go-to favorite just like i have to have chocolate chip it is the best cookie i don't think that's any kind of a contest Sure. yeah yeah it's it's number one but it's like if 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 you can't if if you go to like a bakery or something and they have cookies or like a cookie shop, I, I don't know if they have cookie shops. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I they they have ones you can like get cookies delivered. Yeah, uh, like uh, insomniac cookies or red eye cookies mm. and stuff like that. Um, but if they can't make a good chocolate chip cookie. What business do they have making cookies? You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh-huh. Like they just, uh-uh. You, you have to get that right. Where have you had the best chocolate chip cookie? Mm, uh, I, you know, I think I have to go for, like, the plain old, like, homemade chocolate chip. I've had some good ones made from scratch, but yeah. I, like, I, I don't know what recipe they used or remember exactly at whose house it was at or something, mm. but, like... It was the Nestle Toll House. Right, yeah, right, yeah. No, but, like, I, I'm I'm still, like, kind of partial to just, like, the, the like, Pillsbury cookie dough that you get in the, like, Ooh, yeah. roll and you bake them yourself. They're so good. Because you can make them small, you can make them large, you can make them thick, you can make them skinny. You can, like, there's just as much as you want. So good. <laughs> any shape, any size. Yeah. Cookie cutter them. Exactly. I die. I do love a homemade cookie. I like to make a homemade cookie. That's one of the things I think I'm best at. But the best chocolate chip cookie I've ever had from anywhere else in my life, I think it will always be the City Museum, mm. which is that wacky museum we have here in St. Louis I've told yeah. you about that's like an art exhibit where you can climb on everything. 
They've got a really nice little uh, cafe in there that is amazing, big, hot yeah. chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Whew. Good stuff. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 109, I believe, of the Whatnots mm. Captain's Log. Let me double check on that. I'm totally forgetting all the numbers now on yeah. this stuff. 108 is what we did last week, so we are correct. 109 of the Whatnots Captain's Log. My name is Kyle Big. Springer, and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Yes. Melissa, how has your week been? It's okay. I'm sitting in a different chair. Oh, I did not notice. Is there something wrong with your, your old How one? could you have? No, it's good. I went to my office and got my office chair. Ah. Now, originally, when they sent us home, and they said we could take... No, well, they said yeah, we, we could take the computer equipment home, but they're like, the chairs stay in the office. And I eventually bought myself a new desk chair, which has been working good. But I think I spend... I think it's like... That's not a 40-hour-a-week chair. Yeah. And I'm in it for 50-plus hours every week because they do all my office work, all my podcasting, watching movie streams, sitting here yeah. at my computer, like, video chatting with friends. Like, I do all of it at this desk in that chair. That makes sense. And it wasn't, like, quite up to all those extracurricular hours, and I've been having a lot of back pain lately. So I asked my HR manager, like, can can I go get my chair? And she's like, I, I didn't tell you no. <laughs> you didn't hear it from me. <laughs> my manager took her chair. I'm like, if Tracy can do it, so can I. Yeah. Chairs are up for grabs. Go get them. <laughs> yeah. It's heavy. Yeah. I couldn't, me and my roommate both together had to carry this up the stairs and like take a break every couple stairs. I couldn't believe how heavy this chair that's, is. That's why I went all out for the one that I'm sitting in mm -hmm. right now. The big old gamer chair makes me a real yeah. gamer. Um, like I, yeah, I, I was just like, I don't like, I, I could get one on Amazon mm -hmm. for 50 bucks, you know, and it'd, it'd be fine. I'm sure it would totally yeah. work, but I was like, I want something I'm going to be sitting here a lot, especially if I'm working from yeah. home or stuff like that. I Yeah, I just I I want to be comfortable and like, yeah, not have problems. And it, it came with like a lumbar pillow and a headrest Ooh. pillow and stuff like that, which I, I don't have them on. But uh, yeah, they're yeah, it's it's nice. It's good, good stuff. Chairs are important. Well, chairs are important. Like if we. <laughs> <laughs> did i tell you that when i first started dating my first boyfriend he didn't own any furniture i don't think you've mentioned that no but that's that okay that sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> so he he was from alaska and he took a job here in st louis this is what he was doing here and i met him i think like a week or two after he had moved here mm -hmm. and he didn't think he was going to get this job. When he got the job, he's like, I'm moving there right away. And so he had, he wasn't prepared to move across the continent. Right. And he didn't have any money. Like the job he got paid well, but he spent like all the money he had just on the expenses to move here initially. And he's got this nice apartment. They, they, they and didn't pay to move him. I guess not, there, or I guess no. not enough to move you you and your giant dog from Alaska to Missouri. Gotcha, yeah. Seems so like it's the, doable, but... 
a well. I don't, so he's in this nice, very nice, like two bedroom apartment. It had to be two bedrooms because it was the only apartment around he could find that would let him have a giant German shepherd. Sure. The only things in the apartment are a twin mattress on the floor for him and a dog bed. There's nothing. That was it's a series around of around the same size, right? For the yes, big dog. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Practically the same. Uh, it, it was just a series of empty rooms. Uh, for our two month anniversary, I took him to IKEA so that he could buy a table <laughs> for the first time, chairs for the first time. That's funny. So, I think eventually after we broke up, he got a real bed. I'm a real bed. I, I, I bought a new plant friend today. Uh-huh. It's a fake one, but it's a new plant okay. friend. Uh, he came t- today, uh, and it's like a three, three and a half foot tall, like fake bamboo plant. Yeah, like it's, oh, it's, it's up to like my r- 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 ribs. It, oh. ish. It's it's a good size. Um, can't really say it looks particularly real. But then again, my room is mostly dark since I have like the blackout curtains and all the like neon lights and stuff, much like you guys can see here on my 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 screen right now. But uh, yeah, that's that's me. I'm at that stage where I'm I'm like I'm buying fake house plants and I'm buying shelves for the wall and and stuff like that. So. I got big dreams of a new couch, mm. but that's such a huge purchase. I'm trying to decide if I should save all of my money for that or try and do something now to spruce up the couch I already have. Like, is it worth sinking the, I don't know, 50 bucks into like some new throw pillows and blankets or something or yeah. to just sock that away for real big adult woman couch? Who knows? Who knows? It's, 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 mm. Yeah. Money, couches, all this stuff. But before we got on onto all of that, I, I, the one thing I was gonna mention about chairs that, yeah, to me, I find fascinating because I'm a designer. Is is, is yeah, one of the like weird questions that they like brought up in school is like, why do we keep designing chairs? Like you would think we would have found the perfect chair by now, and be like, that's it. We're done with yeah. chairs. All chairs look like this now. And they, we just continually design new chairs. And mm-hmm. they always look different. Right? Like, I, I, I just, I find that weird. Yeah. Baffling. Yeah. Yeah, you'd think after Eames did it, we would all be in an Eames chair from like 1955 onwards. Right? Or, 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 or like forks. Like, they all kind of look the same. Right, like we we've, yeah. we've found the ideal shape for a fork, basically. Oh my god! What if you found a fork that had extra tines on it? Would you feel scared? <laughs> what if it was just a big rake, <laughs> just <Right>? extra wide? <laughs> just a mouth rake. Do you think somebody like Andre the Giant had to <laughs> had to get a fork with extra tines on it for his big mouth? <laughs> it's like he's eating off a comb. It's just, yeah, it's just one of those like handheld garden rakes, but <laughs> right with the like For the like, like a spade. Top bonsai yeah, garden. Yeah. 
That's great. Oh, man. Good stuff. Melissa, I almost backed out this this week of the podcast just because i was like i don't know if i really have much to say yeah. this week like i you had doubts i i not not like backed out or had doubts and stuff like that it was it was like i i have stuff to talk about but it's not yeah. much what if we just save yeah. it for next week and stuff like that nah. you were like i have some things so i was like okay i can get one or two more things we'll, we'll make it <laughs> through but uh, uh you you did write down one I, yeah, I wrote down two things on there. Oh, uh, two things. Two. There, there is one I yeah, don't I, have written down because I wasn't sure how to write it down. We'll get okay. to that later on. But uh, all right. But yeah, like I, I, I almost backed out. But I'm glad we're we're here. I'm happy to be here on the podcast because this is one of my favorite things. Just end of the week. Yeah, I get to be here and hang out with with you, and I get to podcast, mm-hmm. and we just get to have fun. Yeah, just talk about stuff. We have a bunch of DC trailers to talk about because mm-hmm. we, when we recorded last week, I think we had some news and like you know costume photos and things like that. But it was like Saturday or Sunday DC after fandom we recorded was the- happening at the same time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Like we missed all of the trailers, so we got trailers for well outside of DC, still in the WF family, we got Tenet, but then we also got. The Batman, two different, you know, preview things for the Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman 84, and Snyder Cut. Yeah. Yeah. So we got, we got a bunch of that stuff to talk about. Let's dive in right away to Batman. Yeah. I think that's that's like the big, big one that I think it, that yes. everyone is talking about. So I'm assuming you saw this trailer. Oh yeah, several times. Good. What did you think? How how is the Batman it. sitting with you? I like it. I like it's amazing how much it feels like we have, even though I know they've only shot like twenty percent. Like this trailer doesn't feel like anything's missing. So way to go, good yeah. editing job on that. Yeah. Good yeah, stuff. Indeed. I oh, I I dig the grungy vibe to it. Like it feels appropriate. Like every type of darkness they have feels like the type of darkness they need. Nothing's going overboard. I think it's weird that the Riddler writes in that font. I've never seen a human handwriting like that font. I mean, maybe he's, I guess he's doing the thing where he like to hide his true handwriting. He's writing with his opposite <laughs> hand. I don't know, or it, uh, or he's making someone else do it. Like he's making a child oh. write it or something. I don't know. It's just. I hope it's just like his nephew, it's, and not a kid. He's kidnapped. It's theater. It is theater, right? <laughs> he is a thespian on the stage of life. <laughs> yeah, very, very dramatic. I hope that's how Paul Dano talks when we meet him. <laughs> how are you feeling about this? Because you know more about Batman than I do. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I don't think they're revealing much yet. Like I, I th- th- yeah. there's a lot in this that you're like, okay, it looks like the Riddler, but those guys look like clown thugs. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like their Jim Gordon. I I yeah. I, yeah. I would love that. Weren't they gonna do a series on him? I know they're doing like the pre- yeah. We were just talking about this like a month or two ago. Yeah, there is gonna be a 
uh, a, a, like a Gotham police department drama for HBO Max. It's, it's like the year one yeah. story. It seems yeah, it seems like it's a prequel, but like probably shortly before this, maybe when they're like just starting to see that there's extraordinary people around. Be that extraordinary in terms yeah. of pa- yeah, yeah. Be that you know people with superpowers are just. Wait a minute, this guy's a costume. <laughs> We're done with just ski masks. You're wearing an entirely green suit. Okay. Theater, I uh, tell you, is... theater. <laughs> <laughs> Which Batman is your Batman? Uh, Kevin Conroy from the animated series. Probably for me too, but I was watching the trailer for The Batman, mm-hmm. and I feel like. Like, when I think of Batman, I also think of the Kevin Conroy one, but I have not seen that much of any of the shows he's been in. I've seen a decent amount, but I feel like less than most other people. I don't know why. I feel like I've seen all of the Batman almost equally throughout my life. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't have a lot of preference for one versus another. I, and I'm like, he was maybe just so prevalent on mine. TV and the yeah. Justice League series yeah. and, and a bunch of the video games and stuff that he was like the About. defining voice of Batman. Because I, I was also too young to really mm. watch those uh, like darker Joel Schumacher, Bat- uh, not those ones. Um, the Tim the, Burton ones? Yeah, the Tim Burton ones i wasn't old enough to really watch yeah. those yet so like th- like that was the batman when i read the comics and stuff yeah like, it's still like that that's the voice i hear in 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 my head but this trailer actually re- mm-hmm. really reminded me of the animated series because it has yeah. this almost like weird timeless it feels like it's almost the 1930s yeah. but it's not because that 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 like that, that suv that crashes is like a modern day like black mm-hmm. suv and it's not like some older car and the batmobile looks like a newer modern thing but there's just something about mm-hmm. it the way it's shot, the way it looks, like the the photography of the the whole thing, the cinematography, just looks like it's in this like timeless, not really nineteen twenties. You don't really know yeah. what year it is. Like that was the thing about the animated series is they never like told you what year it was. The cars and stuff mm-hmm. looked o- older, but the technology was more advanced and stuff like that. So it was this like weird mishmash of stuff that made it feel timeless. Um, and, yeah. and that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting with this one. And I really liked that. Um, I, I also like that the Batman is younger Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks more agile, right? And st- instead of like stiff, being like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, but like, I, yeah, like I, I, I like that. I, I saw someone on Twitter being like, he is younger. He will make mistakes. He will probably be overly violent, uh, in in certain <laughs> I spots. You were and say, then... I thought you were gonna say he is younger. He will make out. <laughs> he is younger. He will make out with Catwoman. <laughs> Yeah, our sexiest Batman yet. <laughs> but like, yeah, because the, there's that one scene where he just 
fucking ruins mm. that one dude's day. Uh, and, I, like, I... I like seeing that stuff in on one sense because I I do kind of just want to see Batman completely ruin some people, but at the same time, yeah. like I'm I also know that like he's not there to kill people. Like he's not like he he does mm. want to intimidate them and hurt them and stuff like that so that they don't continue to do this stuff. Um, job he sure has done. Um, but. Yeah, like it's this weird thing of like I'm. I it feels like he's still learning the ropes of like what is t- too much, what is too far. Yeah. Whereas like um, I was about to say Scott Snyder, um, Zack Snyder's Batman, yeah, seemed to just have no regard for that stuff. Like he he just did whatever he felt was necessary, which is why mm. a lot of people didn't feel like that was batman just because like batman his whole thing is he hates guns why Mm. is he using guns in in this thing and and i i I think i've talked about it on i I don't know this podcast or something on the review show but it's often times like not the fact that batman uses guns or that superman does kill it's the stories they're telling with that stuff and like mm-hmm. how they approach those t- topics, and it, it just it like those older versions of B- Batman, or I guess that that version in particular, just didn't feel like Batman because of that. They just didn't tell that story particularly mm-hmm. well. So I'm interested to see this one, but I really don't feel like it showed us much. I don't know. It showed us everything it could show us, and it's fine by me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. This is oh, it's probably the mo- well, this and the Suicide Squad. Very excited oh, for yeah. that one too. We've they've got an interesting slate coming up. I'm very pumped yeah. for these. Yeah, I'm. I see the the Batman thing was more of a tone piece for me with the like. Yes. The like Nirvana, that was a cover, yeah. right? Because it was like a slowed down version of that song, I think. Um, but ah, uh, I don't know. I it, <laughs> I watched uh, the new Rockstars YouTube channel do a breakdown on that trailer, a breakdown on some of the behind the scenes footage they showed us for Suicide Squad, a breakdown on the Snyder Cut mm-hmm. trailer, and they're all like really comprehensive breakdowns. Like, I was reading something on the channel the other day about how they don't try and be the first people out. They try and be a day later and much more comprehensive with what it is right. they're talking about. And they did a whole a whole bit on how the Nirvana song in that The Batman trailer was particularly fitting because it is the last song on that album. But if you let it play after like 10 minutes of silence, there's like a hidden track ah. to it. This sort of starts out of nowhere and startles Man, you. Remember when that was a thing on CDs? Hidden yeah. track. You can't do, do, do that with Spotify, right? Because it just lists them all, all there. Yeah. I, yeah. Good, good times. Growing up in the 90s. DVD Easter yeah. eggs. Yeah. I don't know how often that still happens. I don't remember the most recent movie or TV show I've heard of that had a hidden Easter egg. But like, yeah, like this, it, it, 
to me was re- really more of a tone piece of just like this is what the atmosphere yeah. this is what the tone of this movie is going to be like and ooh, i loved it i was like yes mm-hmm. this feels great so we'll see yeah we'll see promising uh for suicide squad we got a roll call video that's just like everyone's designs and their names and the actors names and like a comparison picture of uh, the original comic yeah, book so character. i saw that one i didn't Which see was the neat, other thing that they cut <laughs> out it's like a, a behind the scenes video where it's like a lot of the cast and crew talking about the experience of making okay. the movie. Like there's no real footage, but you see a lot of on set stuff that gives you a sense of what the movie's going gotcha. to look like. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that one. Cause I think with that one too, I, I don't recognize this song that they played in that like roll call thing, no. but it, it, it also, it just gave you a certain mood. With that, where it, yeah. it seemed, fu- like it, like it's it's hard to explain because like it seemed fun and distorted and gritty and stuff, but it like it wasn't totally fast paced and upbeat that you would think would go with like yeah. a Suicide Squad balls t- t- to the wall kind of thing. It was a little bit more subdued, but there was this like yeah, this like. Gr- grittiness behind it that made it feel like something was about to pop off if that made sense i went to the youtube page uh for that suicide squad roll call video to see if it listed what the name of the song was and one of the comments just says polka dot man enters the chat everybody likes this Which is true. I don't hacking know who or what a polka dot man is, but I'm very excited to find out. Like I, he, we got. That's the thing. There's so many just terrible comic book villains. Yes. Out there. Let's see. Uh, whoops. Polka dot man. You see comics. Let's look him up so we can see what his actual origin is. Um. Okay, here is Polka Dot Man from the Batman Wiki on Fandom. Polka Dot Man, also known as Mr. Polka Dot, was a minor supervillain who fought Batman and Robin early in their careers. Maybe he'll be in the Batman. And he gets put in hockey. Uh, he became known for committing grandiose c- crimes. Theater, I tell you, theater. Uh <laughs> Revolving around a bizarre theme of polka dots, uh, the the spotted pattern on the polka dots man's gimmicked costume also concealed a variety of hidden weapons. Interesting. Okay. Uh, let's see powers and abilities. Whether he created the technology himself or stole it is unknown. But Abner Krills, his name. <laughs> Stole hey, it. You never know. Maybe he stole it. From who? There's so, so there's two different people who in, one invented it, two wanted it enough to take it. He just they just say the technology. So they, they aren't necessarily saying the suit. Yeah. Maybe he stole some kind yeah. of technology that like opens a portal to something and he like inc- incorporated that into his suit. I don't know, but uh, it says whether he created the technology himself or stole it is unknown, but Abner Creel's homemade costume, I guess that answers your question right there, it's homemade, uh, possessed 
potent offensive capabilities in the form of its polka dot pattern. When attached to the costume, the dots were inert, but once removed, they invariably enlarged in size and became different devices uh, which would aid in his crime spree. Prevent uh, his discarded technology from being retrieved or inspected, Krill rigged the gimmicked dots with a self-destruct mechanism that automatically engaged after they had uh, served their intended purpose. Maintenance of the electronic suit was expensive, as were the gimmicked dots, and <laughs> Krill was unable to afford e either during periods of insolvency. A flying oh buzzsaw dot, a flying saucer dot, a sun dot, a bubble dot, Ooh. fist dots, hole dot. Black hole, or a black polka dot simply referred to as a hole by p p p polka dot man had opened up what appeared to be a teleportation transport system that was presumably wow. developed with assistance from Immortus. I, I don't know who okay. Immortus is. <laughs> I, I don't need to worry about characters that aren't even in this role yeah. at all. Uh, apparently he was on an episode of The Brave and the Bold, uh, which, oh, by the way, go watch Batman The Brave and the Bold. That cartoon is fantastic. That's the one with the musical episode, right? I think so, right? yeah. Well, that, I mean, yeah, there, there was a one where Batman sang in the animated series. No, well, there's... And Wonder Woman okay. was turned into a pig in that one, I think. You've told me about yeah. this before. Uh, no, Batman Braving <laughs> the Bold is more a reference to, like, the older Golden Age comics where it's just, it's super yeah. cheesy. It's super, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Aquaman is just really an annoying and being like, I am Aquaman. Ha ha. You know? um, oh, I, I'm seeing here, apparently... Polka Dot Man appears in Lego DC Supervillains, voiced by Greg Miller of Kinda Funny. I'm a big fan of their uh, hey. their their podcasts and stuff like that. I am often seen on these shows in one of their shirts. There you go. Fun stuff. You yeah. are. Oh, heck. So I just Googled Egghead. Egg-foo. Is, I... <laughs> is that who, who, who you're, you're looking up? Uh, Egghead, the Batman villain Egghead. I just wanted to look at him. And I found an article from last year that says, Seinfeld star Jason Alexander wants to play the Batman villain Egghead. And he should be allowed to. Wow. Was he at the... No, because... Uh, I see something. Lego Batman movie. Who is Egghead? On YouTube. Egghead. There's some... Oh, he's he's just very smart. Originally, he was Vincent Price, yeah, my homeboy. Yeah, I see boy. those pictures. Um, I, so, I, so you, you have something written down here on our list of t t topics and stuff uh, to for yes. us to make our, our own Suicide Squad yes! out of D-list wacky villains. Uh, and you mentioned Egghead. However, when I was looking up, like, worst DC villains of all t mm. time, or, like, the lamest DC uh, villains, one that kept p p popping up was, like, Egg Foo or something. He 
I don't, I don't know. I've never even heard of this g- 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 guy. Um, let me see if I can find an article that has him and send you the link or something. Um, but yeah, it's just this like giant egg shaped looking thing with this like super racist like Fu Manchu kind of thing. I think he was actually supposed to be Asian or something. Um, I don't know. Let me see if uh, where was this? No, didn't look at that article. Okay, CBR has to have something. Um, no. Oh, but they do have that one. I do want to mention that one. Um. God, where is this thing? Like, I was looking at this stuff before we were recording, and it was everywhere. And now I can't seem to. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Okay, let me send you this link. I will post it okay. on the document here, so you can. I'm still looking at pictures of eggheads. I'll stop. If if you if you open that link and if you scroll down to number nine on that list, it's just it's a list of like ten of the worst dc villains you'll see him this guy is humpty dumpty cod yeah, piece yeah. <laughs> cod, cod piece no 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 i'm not getting past cod piece uh cod piece i read this one too apparently he was rejected by many many women uh and he is short uh but he took that to mean that um other parts of him were not right uh, well endowed uh and so instead what he does is strap a giant gun to his dick and start shooting things uh, not helpful no. for anyone i opened that page and none of the pictures would load for some oh, reason i tried reloading it give me a sec let me i have to go to a different browser to see this yeah you have to scroll down to number nine because this is uh I'm getting there. Egg food. This guy looks just like an Asian version of uh, Humpty Dumpty in the in the worst way p- possible. This is not good. Oh man, he's got a penis hat. <laughs> Codpiece does. I haven't I haven't scrolled down to egg food. Okay, uh, blue snowman, incredibly threatening. Uh, the fiddler. T- no, tan-eyed yeah. man. I thought it said teen-eyed man. <laughs> And I was trying to figure out like what power that was. Uh, Clock King, Captain Boomerang, he's already there. Oh dear. Oh, uh, he's an egg. He's a very, very big yeah. egg. Uh, imagine like a grain silo. Like a grain silo yeah. grew a mustache, and that's who gets to fight Batman yeah. now. Yeah, except he's like gigantic. Like you see those p- people like standing next to him. He's, he's tiny. Big. Like, yeah, they're like ants compared to him. The thing says, "Oh, he fights Wonder Woman, not not Batman." Yeah. I shouldn't have presumed. It says, "Just look at this racist monstrosity there, from the Fu Manchu mustache to the mangling of the R's." Egg foo has always been a product of good old fashioned xenophobia, with a lousy pun gimmick 
thrown in for good measure. This Wonder Woman adversary is just an enormous sentient egg and Chinese stereotype uh, <laughs> whose inexplicable existence has never been properly explained. Later in <laughs> incarnations of the character have tried to de-emphasize his blatant racism, uh, but there's nothing else to expand upon when it comes to the rotten egg foo. I w- now I wouldn't say no to a cleaned up egg foo. Uh, uh, an egg foo people from all walks of life can get on board with. Like just a big egg, like just a big egg. I don't have a problem with this. Yeah, but I, I feel that's the thing. Like I feel like that just goes into territory of well, you have egg foo and you have egg man, you have the Joker, you have the trickster, and then number t- ten on the, the this list was the prankster, uh, and it's just just like yeah. They're just repeating at this point. Like, you could have right. a, a whole Suicide Squad of the Copy of the cats. of the like same villain, just d- different names. It's like, oh, we all had the same idea. Damn it! <laughs> mm-hmm. But who who okay. would you so, have? Um, I don't know much about comic books. Right. So uh, just assorted, like, low-level villains from around. Uh, I want Dr. Heinz Doofenshmirtz. He's the leader. I, I don't even know who that, 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 that one is. <laughs> that's the guy. That's the mad scientist from Phineas and Ferb. Oh, which, I was by the way, uh, just going for, like... There's a new Phineas and Ferb movie on Disney Plus I today. That. I started watching it. The team still got it. Very fun. Happy to have my family good, back. good. I, I want Dr. Heinz Doofenshmirtz. I will take Egghead. Okay. Um, I had more of these earlier. I did not write them down. I thought I would just remember. Oh, I want uh, the angry scientist from <laughs> Sheep in the Big City. <laughs> Maybe too much of also a Heinz. I don't know. I, I'll take them both. You can't have too many <laughs> crappy, vaguely European scientists of some kind. <laughs> Um, I want Pearl Forrester from Mystery Science Theater 3000. Okay. Gotta have a lady in there. This has become very science heavy. I need like kind of a lunk, maybe. Like a uh, crunk. Oh, only Pinky, not the brain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's... That's exactly how he would intru- his he would introduce himself to. So that's what ev- what everyone would think his name is. I am only Pinky, not the brain. I I, I believe he may be classified as a villain. I don't know. He's classified under henchmen. Yeah, I he'd, think he'd be more of a henchman. Yeah. That, yeah, that's where the Guild of Calamitous Intent would yeah. put him. Oh, and I want Brick Frog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. So I, I was thinking just strictly DC comics. Um, okay. So I, I didn't b- branch out, but I, I have three of them uh, that I know I would mm. want on my t- team. Uh, number one, you have to go with Condiment King from DC c- Comics. <laughs> yes. Condiment King uh, is the king of all c- condiments. If you need mustard, if you need relish, if you need ketchup, uh, he has got you covered. Oh, ranch? He, he's got it. <laughs> what about Cranch, the ketchup ranch? What? No, that's terrible. Why would anyone think of that? <laughs> 
I don't know, but Griffin Newman is obsessed with it, and I've heard him talk about it on. How do you spell podcasts. that with a K? K- Cr- Cranch. Cranch. I'm looking yes. this up right now. This is disgusting. That looks gross. It's like the same color as most other condiments. Oh, whoops, let me see. It's a it's a pale orange. Many things are. Yeah, it's. Oh, who mixes ranch and ketchup? What is wrong with you people? The beloved actor and podcaster Griffin Newman, that's who. Griffin Newman, I have some questions. <laughs> Griffin Newman, come on the right? podcast. We've, we've, we've reviewed the tick. I only want to talk about Cranch. I I I know you're a big fan of the Lego g- 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 games because you were on the <laughs> MinMax sh- sh- show, another podcast that I listened to. I have questions, Griffin Newman, please. <laughs> the Condiment King, an oral history. <laughs> so, oh, he's got like a pickle right? hat. I like that. The Condiment King is fantastic. He's like the the just the 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 joke villain in DC comics when you need someone who's completely ridiculous judge ju- 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 yeah. just like marvel and spider-man has pace pot pete which is another great he's, one he, he's sticky he makes a homemade glue and he tries to like uh, I have glue guns, and I'll make you stick in place, and then you you can will never catch me, coppers. And it's just it's terrible. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of Killer Moth, and he Killer is Killer Moth cool. is a, another terrible it, one. But besides Condiment King, but he looks cool. Rainbow yeah. Rider. Rainbow Rider is pretty ridiculous. This guy has no powers mm-hmm. except that he has special goggles. That project light wow. out that he can then use as like a, g- a glider. Like you've seen cartoons and stuff where like Ice Man from the X Men or, or something oh, yeah. like does that stuff. It's that, but rainbow. And he can also bathe people in certain colors of light and manipulate their emotions. So if he puts a blue light on you, you can be sad. Oh, oh no. <laughs> rainbow Rider. You're kind of like Rainbow Rider with all I, your your color changing lights Phillips there. Hughes yeah, back yeah. there. Don't yeah. don't don't underestimate me, you know? Who's <laughs> Kite Man? Kite Man is a was the my third one. Kite Man is also <laughs> He's just, he's just suggested when you're also looking at Killer Moth. Kite Man, hell yeah, uh, is great. He is, he's also one of those kind of laughing stock villains. I had, I apparently, I think he was also in Batman Brave and the Bold or something, uh, but I didn't remember that. And I thought the first time I saw him was in Tom King's run on Batman, uh, his recent run uh-huh. on comics. I've been reading through all of that stuff. It's fantastic. And yeah, it's just this r- r- running joke that, uh, you know, Batman will end one of his issues or uh, 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 open one with like a one page 
uh, thing of him like capturing Kite Man and just beating the snot out of him. And the only thing he ever says is Kite Man, hell yeah. And 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 so only well at at, wow. at first like in at least in this running j- 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 joke and yeah it just became this running joke that you would see kite man and you know he was just about to you know get beat up by batman man and just be like kite man hell yeah <laughs> as yes he's all like bloodied and beaten up oh. uh, but then the amazing thing that tom king does in that is like 40 or 50 issues in, he does, like, a one-issue origin story of, like, who actually is Kite Man, and it is such a gut punch, and it totally, like, (laughs) flips your perspective, and you're just like, it's so sad! Batman, don't beat him up! Don't do this, Batman! Like, no, what are you doing? (laughs) So it's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating but kite man is just he's he gets nowhere with anything <gasps> he just has a giant kite he, like he he's more like a hang glider kind of thing yeah not an actual kite but so those were the three that i would have on my suicide squad team we didn't decide if we're also on this team. I, I, I mean, I feel like if I was a villain, I would be smarter than, than Condiment King. <laughs> You're on the team above Suicide Squad. I, yeah, something. You're on just like the, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the peril posse. I don't know. Peril posse. Just like mortal danger. <laughs> the secret six. There you go. Yeah. Secret Six. That, is that a that thing a already? Thing. That's that that okay. That actually, all right. That's a book that I actually don't know anything about, and there's supposedly a really really good run by Gail Simone. Um, it it, it it's in DC Comics. Uh, and yeah, I think we should read that at some point. Yeah. Um, so I, I've heard really, really good things, and I've always been curious. But yeah, it's it's. Well, I again, I don't know much about it. So in my mind right now, yeah, it's it's like a version of the Suicide Squad, except they're not in jail. They don't ha- have these like mm. the explosives p- planted in them. But I could be wrong. I don't know. <sighs> Who knows? So. Mm. Mm-hmm. More to learn. Kyle, I all I do lately is watch movies. Yes. <laughs> I may start having a weekly movie corner. Okay. Melissa at the cinema, parentheses, the cinema is okay. her couch. <laughs> <laughs> this is my list of films I've watched this week. Let's see. Uh, Jack and I watched The Grand Budapest uh-huh. Hotel. Okay. Have you seen um, that one? I don't think so. No. It's very, very good. What's the one? We, we watched Moonrise Kingdom, right? We watched, yeah. And I think Grand Budapest is the one he must have made right after that because, you know, it's set in a, a hotel and there's like a secret clandestine organization of like other 
hotel clerks that like all know each other and pull strings for each other. And some of the other bellboys are like a couple of the kids from Moonrise Kingdom, like gotcha. some of the boys. Like, I was about to ask you, like, is that one of the is that the movie with this one actor? And then I was like, he just reuses all the same actors in all of his movies. So <laughs> like, th- th- there's no use. Uh, it's the one with uh, Ray Fiennes, Tony Revolorio. <laughs> But yeah, heck, and everybody's in it. No, I I have not. It might seen be Willem Dafoe's. Willem Dafoe is in it. He's one of the okay. antagonists, and it might be the scariest Willem Dafoe mm. performance, which is saying a lot. Yeah, interesting. Okay, okay. It's a beautiful film. It's really funny, and I think Wes Anderson, as much as he's, he's got the reputation for being this kind of cutesy twee whimsical guy and he certainly is but when he wants to devastate you he can devastate yeah. you like that's the thing to, to, to <laughs> have a really impactful to, to have a style as unique and defined yeah. as as his style is you, you you can't just go into like movie making with only that because then it seems mm-hmm. gimmicky and stuff like that like he he's a great direct like he knows how to do all of that 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 that, 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 that stuff and it's because it's because like people like him understand the basics and stuff like that and have mastered that that he can then like okay yeah. i'm gonna do my style and like my like one mm. thing and it's it's not seen as gimmicky or stuff like that so yeah See, I watched that. I watched I watched a documentary on YouTube called Live from the Space Stage, which is about mm. Halix, which is a in the summer of 1981, uh, in Disneyland, in a small stage that they have in the Tomorrowland area where they would have bands and musical acts come and perform for that one summer only Disneyland tried to produce a sci-fi themed rock band. So Melissa named you yes. put this on our dock and I was like, Oh, I'll, I'll whoa, whoa, yes. whoa, 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 watch this. Cause you put a link in the thing. It's an yeah. hour and a half. So I was like, okay, nope, not going to watch that whole thing. I didn't expect you to, this is for your future. reference. I, I watched the first seven excuse me kind of have the hiccups um i I watched the first seven minutes Uh i had no idea there was a mickey mouse disco record (laughs) this is how the documentary starts like the disney records division was producing like soundtracks of their movies and like read-along records and then they did a Mickey Mouse disco record, and they're like, this is good. Can we produce another a more original record than this to try and bring up the records division, get it more business? So they try and create their own band, which is the Star Wars-inspired sci-fi band called Hatelix, this rock yeah. band. And it's got some humans in just, like, cool sci-fi-looking clothing, but then they also imagineered some aliens mm-hmm. Like, there's a guy, if you Google this band, I don't know if you see it at the seven-minute point within that documentary. I kind of saw, like, you, a couple clips of who they were. And, yeah, they do have, like, these alien-looking yeah. creatures and stuff like that. So Yeah, there's, like, a little frog man, and there's 
a man in a huge like Wookiee outfit, but it's like if a Wookiee was based on a panda and they're all like really elaborate. Mm -hmm. Like this is Disney level costuming. There's a guy who's kind of like a stormtrooper, and he's the drummer and he drives onto the stage in this little cart and the cart like is his drum set. Yeah. Like really deeply art designed sci-fi band for one summer. (laughs) And and then they just never came back again. And it faded into obscurity of theme park lore. And then Podcast the Ride, my very own boys, like, referenced them in an episode. And people are like, Halix? What's Halix? And some people were like, I remember Halix. I thought I made that up. <laughs> and so there was an, an outcry for more stuff about Halix and these people. Um, it's the YouTube channel Defunct Land, if you've heard of this. It's a channel that covers defunct theme park attractions in these really great like mini documentaries they produced a whole hour and a half long documentary about halix where they talked to everyone associated with the band that they could find yeah i'm i'm looking at pictures and stuff right now kind of crazy yeah and it's an amazing story like typical like 70s sci-fi poster where it's all like painted and the characters standing there with their legs spread and their their arm up yeah like the the star wars poster it's kind of cool actually Mm -hmm. interesting yeah it's such an odd thing that happened in the world and then there here's an hour and a half of explaining it to you and the real people behind it and what happened with their lives and I cried at a documentary about a <laughs> Disneyland band from nine years before I was born. Wild stuff. I watched that this week. I rewatched The Mask. Ooh. How does that hold up? Because I don't imagine that holds up it's, too well. It's fine. fine. It's very entertaining. It's hmm, no more dated feeling than any other movie of that time. Okay. You know, th- yeah. that, that, Still- that that's based off of a comic book, too. Yeah. Yeah. It seems very, like, we were reading about how dark it is, though. Like, I think this Jim Carrey mask is, like, exactly the tone of mask I want. The one where he just goes around killing people. I don't know. I mostly just want him to to crash a club and, and dance with Cameron Diaz. chaos. Right? Wear a yellow suit for three minutes of the film, but it becomes his most iconic look. (laughs) When I was a kid, I remember we had a mask plastic light switch plate that I believe came from a Taco Bell kids meal. (laughs) Like they ran out of toys and they were like, I don't know. What about a light switch plate that your parents could screw onto the wall? That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm just like, well, what toy do we do next? (laughs) But uh, light switch covers. <laughs> I wish I still had it. I would absolutely use that today <laughs> in my home. No, it's terrible, Melissa. Don't don't do it. It's Why so not? Tacky. <laughs> no, that's what I want. Have I told you that when I finally move into a house, when I have like a permanent space mm-hmm. that's all my own, I want to decorate my dining room like a bar and grill. Like, you know, when you go into like a 54th street or like uh, the way Applebee's yeah, used yeah. to look where they kind of 
I guess in their eyes classed him or up a bit to you know where there's just reference what we're going to be t- talking about on the r- review sh- show this week uh in that one Simpsons episode when Mo does his diner in to a family restaurant and he's like and we'll have a whole bunch of knickknacks family feedback yes this is what I want my dining room to look like I want to cover it and stuff. Okay. okay, that's not bad, but but like this is my like, design. It's it, that I I don't mind as much since it's all like yeah. let's just dedicate one room to to to, to this. Whereas yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of it, it's like your bedroom looks the way it looks right now, but then you just have like a light switch cover of the mask, which is like what if the color scheme works. He's the same colors as my dresser. Yeah, I, I mean, and it, it just like, what? Melissa, why? Why this? Should I have a classier? <laughs> what if it was like Jim Carrey's character from The Majestic, a classier outing? No Jim Carrey light switch covers, please. <laughs> no Grinch, no Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> I've been on. I accidentally found myself on a Cameron Diaz kick lately. Okay. okay. Like me and my so the my other week, pre- I, previous uh, kick on. I still don't ever remember his name. Ro- Ryan Gosling or whoever he was. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I just happened to watch like three <laughs> movies and they all starred him. Yeah. I didn't plan it at all until that. The third mm. one and i was just like this one's been on my list t- t- too might as well <laughs> yeah here he comes so i watched uh the other week being john malkovich okay. which i pitched to you for the review show have, before yeah. i pitched it in a week that was all the weirdest movies i could find it was that a town called panic and rubber, rubber. we ended up watching rubber no regrets this movie's even weirder than I thought it was going to be, Kyle. It's deeply, deeply strange, seeped into every single corner of it, beyond even the premise okay. where you find a hole in a wall and you crawl into it and it lets you be renowned actor John Malkovich for 10 okay. minutes. <laughs> like Narnia, but John Malkovich. <laughs> yeah, you're him. <laughs> And like Cameron Diaz is in it and you don't recognize her at first. Like she's got this, she's kind of frumpy looking. She's got this big frizzy wig. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, it's Cameron Diaz. I've only seen her be glamorous and or an ogre. Okay. An animated ogre. <laughs> and she plays this woman who becomes like obsessed with being in John Malkovich's head. And she starts an affair with this other woman and like she has a crush on that woman, but that lady's like, no, I only love you when you are John Malkovich. Hmm. I don't love you by yourself or him by himself, but you as John Malkovich, that's what turns me on. Interesting. Okay. So I watched that. I watched the the mask. And then I watched one of the movies that we talked about in our Patreon uh Reactor Core episodes on old movie okay. trailers. I watched My Best Friend's Wedding, which is a movie yeah. I've been meaning to see since I was eight years old, and I saw the trailer for it on my VHS tape of Men yeah, in Black. So you you pitched this one of like, this is a movie trailer that I saw every time yeah. I watched Men in Black, 
and I watched mm. Men in Black a whole lot, so I saw this trailer a million times, you, but you had never seen the movie. So Oh, never. No, was no. it good? Did it live up to expectations? Yeah, yeah it's weirder than I thought it was going so to how, be. How is it weird? Because it, it looked like a, just a, your standard like romantic comedy. It's just kind of uncanny. You know, a lot of romantic comedies have, you know, they don't take place in a real world in terms of things like, oh, there's no way you could afford an apartment sure, on a yeah. salary. And, oh, you guys are falling in love. You've only known each other for a week. And it's things like that, but they're like heightened, like we watch this trailer. We see that the premise is that uh, Julia Roberts has this man who she's been best friends with for forever and years ago they made a pact to like okay if we're not married by the time we're this old we're marrying each other that age is 28 which made me feel like a, a withered old crone dust and bones we're about to be 30 <laughs> i don't like it but so we know that was the premise and then he calls her and she thinks this is going to be when he's like yeah i'm almost 28 so uh let's get hitched pick out a dress yeah. And instead, he's like, oh, I met someone. I'm getting married. I want you there. And then it's her trying to break up mm -hmm. that marriage because she's realized she's in love with the friend, her best friend. So as previously hinted at in the title, my best friend's wedding, it's him. So, so we've Shocking. all that going on. But he calls I would have never her known. And he, and he, he calls her and he's like, surprise, I'm getting married in four days. Yeah. Which is tremendously heightened that also makes it seem like and he's the kind of for or like they had the kind of relationship friendship thing where like he was always just emotionally distant and was never really there but mm. she always really liked him and that that was and so it was kind of this like one-way street like almost a abusive thing like that's the thing that I think in in no. my mind of like if that's if he's just no. springing this on her f four days before it's ha happening like come on dude really like it's just it's just very eerie sure. writing because nobody talks about it and so you've got things like that or things like when she I, she's in New York she flies to Chicago that's where this wedding is going to be and then twice. Uh, she's a writer, Julia Roberts is. Twice her editor, who's like her new best friend in her life since her previous best friend has been, you know, they did get a little distant, separated by careers and such. Like her new best friend, twice, he just randomly like flies out to Chicago to like be there for her for emotional support. And then he just flies back, I guess. So you have like, it's just only like 10% weirder than average romantic comedy logic, mm -hmm. right? But there's other just sort of odd things about it. The camera work is really frenetic and frantic and like stressful. Like the way it just like zooms around a room. Like I love it. It's, it's like, not a, like, a, like a shaky in... cam thing where it, it's, it seems like it's oh, someone no. in the room with them. Or is it just like quick It's cuts? not that. But like, okay, there's a scene where Cameron Diaz and Julia and she. Oh, and by the way, yes, she's she's the fiance. So three Cameron Diaz movies in like 10 days. Yeah. It's a lot. So, and she's worth it. I think I've been undervaluing her as an three actor. Three Camerons Wonderful. and three Diaz. No, okay. <laughs> Dia Delos Diaz. 
<laughs> That's the episode so, like, title a... right there. <laughs> so there's a scene where they're in an elevator together and Cameron Diaz stops the elevator and she's trying to talk to Julia Roberts about how like, I know you're his best friend. I know he's adored you for forever. He holds you in such high regard. That's something I've been struggling with. I know you're always going to be this woman on a pedestal to him. I know you're always going to be number one in some categories for him. And Julie Roberts is like freaking out at this whole conversation. And the way the camera just like spins around them, just cornering each other in a closed elevators. It's a lot. It's a lot in a way I'd like, but I was not remotely expecting the, I think I told you about, we were talking about the scene in the trailer where like they all start singing in the restaurant and in the trailer, it looks like it's like, Oh, their table, maybe a couple nearby tables in this movie. It is the entirety of the restaurant. There's like 50 people and like somebody starts playing the piano. Like it becomes not just people singing, but a full on musical number for like three minutes in the middle of the movie out of Mm -hmm. nowhere. There's, it's a good movie to look at, like the settings, costumes, cinematography. It's very nice. There's a beautiful shot where they're getting ready for the wedding. And, uh, it's, you know, the bride's family is rich. I think they're having the wedding at this big estate and over on their tennis courts that they have. So they've blown up a bunch of balloons and they're like holding them there under a net. So there's this huge net covering the tennis court. And underneath it are all these balloons, but they're like balloons with strings on them. So it's Julia Roberts walking through this like forest of strings, like ribbons that she has to push aside while this like rainbow light is shining down on her being filtered through the balloons. It's one of those beautiful shots I've seen. But she's walking past. uh, It's like the groom's teenage brother and like two of his friends or cousins or whatever. And you know, they're like sucking the helium out of the balloons and doing funny voices. And then <laughs> nearby, there's Julia Roberts and the titular best friend having this really intense conversation. Uh-huh. You know, this is a romantic crux of the movie. And in the background, there's just those three heliumed up teenage boys. You don't even see them, but you hear them. They're singing some classic old love song in absolute perfect in harmony. The, in like, like Alvin and, and the, and the ch- ch- chipmunk style. Right. right, and it's not a joke. It, it's just put in there like that's a normal musical track to have. Weird. Like, there's nothing buck wild about this film. There's just a lot of odd touches that make it feel very uncanny. Interesting. Oh, so all right. Wait, one part of it. Hold on a sec. I'm, I pulled up a scene on YouTube of Cameron Diaz and Julia Roberts in the elevator. A whole bunch of like, I think like a big Asian family just got off, and she stopped it. Is this that that scene? Yes. Yes. Because it was a little bit shaky. Yeah, this is actually exactly the the one. Right, like it's nothing wild, but it's a lot more than you would expect from what seems like a run-of-the-mill romantic comedy. Yeah, because they're 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 like pacing back and forth in this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
So part of the movie, I told you that her editor best friend from New York like flies out to Chicago for emotional support. He's the one who like sings to her in the yeah. restaurant because they start this to try and make the best friend jealous. She's like, oh, I didn't want to tell you and like, you know, steal the spotlight. But this is my fiance. We're getting married. And there's. And so, there, but he's like I said, he just flies from New York out of nowhere. He's just suddenly sure. there. And then he has to like turn right around and go back. So she's trying to explain why he just showed up to do this to the best friend. And then what her line is, she's like, oh, you know, he just came here into town to fuck me. And I didn't, I wasn't expecting a sexual connotation fuck in this, what I thought was a PG-13 movie. Allowed one. And I had like this, yeah, but I thought it was in like an expletive sense. Did they, were the rules different about this I don't in 1997? Actually, no. I didn't think you I, could. I don't know if there actually is like a hard rule. Like you are allowed one F word in a P- P- PG-13. Here is a coupon for Maybe one it's F all word. Ur- <laughs> <laughs> Here's your fuck coupon. This is an urban legend because I've also I, heard I, this. I, let me see. But let me it, huck it up. It was such a weird... It's always weird to hear an actor say fuck for the first time. Yeah. And I had just this weird feeling watching this, like, oh, if I had watched this movie at the same age when I had watched the trailer, this would have been the first time I ever heard the word fuck. (laughs) I don't remember what it was, but otherwise, in a different timeline, it would have been then. Julia Roberts, America's favorite smile, would have been the person to deliver this vocabulary unto me as a as a small one i i i don't know it let's see uh question on cora why are pg13 movies allowed to say <laughs> the f word once uh continue Quora. reading Work one of these says right i don't know uh mm. Matthew Rogers answers saying the ratings board wants to prevent too much profanity from creeping in quotation marks uh, into such movies. And mostly parents are on the panel that decide a movie's rating. So apparently they came up with the rule that basically with that rule and basically allow virtually every other swear word save for cunt and cocksucker uh, to be used freely oh. in PG-13 re- rated movies. Uh, I don't know. I haven't been tracing these cocksucker numbers. I didn't even think about that one. <laughs> They're counting the fucks, but are they counting the cocksuckers? <laughs> I did once, though. I took a TV writing class in college, and we watched the first episode of Deadwood, and I knew that was the main character's thing. That's something he said a lot. So I counted the amount of times he said cocksucker, and it was only like four. And I'm like, I was led to believe it was many more times than this. I, I, the, there was a film class I took. I don't know if it was actually like a film class or if it was one of my art mm. classes uh, or, or something like that. But we ended up watching the scene from the episode in The Wire uh, where Bunk and... Um, why am I forgetting his name? The like main dude from season one. Um, I don't. 
I know nothing it's about the show. wire. It's in it's in Baltimore. Yes. Um, but so they, uh, they that's are, the end. They are investigating this crime scene, and for like five minutes straight, they say nothing but the word "fuck," and it's just the the, the word "fuck" in every context in every kind of way but that is literally the only thing that they say and that's how they're communicating and they're just like fuck and then he's like fuck art he's like fuck like fuck 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 hmm fuck and it's just like how many times can you say but it's like that's the only thing that they say and they're communicating so much it's fantastic it's great. Mm-hmm. Man. No. Um yeah, I guess it actually is a real rule. I don't know. Yeah. But whatever. What have you been watching this week, Kyle? After I've told oh, you man. about no less than four uh, movies. So I've I've actually felt like this week has been very productive for me. Um, hmm. so I finished Lucifer season five. Uh, I've oh. been t- 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 talking about Lucifer for the past like month on this show. This is the last time I promise, at least for some time, because <laughs> I am now completely all caught up with that sh- sh- show. Wow. Yeah. Um, season five was really good. Uh, both nice. season four and season five uh, are really, really inter- interesting. This show is kind of like Mr. Robot in that way that like it's very different from where the show started. Like the the the, the uh-huh. Mr. Robot k- kind of grew into its own show, right? Like it it it, yeah. it had yeah. some influences and stuff that were very ap- apparent in season one but by the end of that show in in i mean in, in season two as as well and beyond like it was not as obvious what those influences were or they were at least more adeptly handled in a similar way this show has grown so much um and <laughs> Because season one, I would absolutely describe as just like a typical uh, run-of-the-mill CSI-style crime show where there's a new murder every single week and they just solve the case. And that's it. Uh, Except the whole thing with Lucifer is, but what if one of those detectives is the devil? Like that's basically the entire show. Uh, by by the end of season four, that's not how I would really describe the show anymore. It's so much more than that. Um, all of the relationships between all of the characters are really comp- complex. Um, they give a lot more weight to the therapist uh, from season one. She has mm. some great stuff. Uh. They they do yeah. meet like Lucifer's other brothers besides Amenadale. You meet other biblical characters. You meet Cain. Uh, you meet Eve. Um, that was in um the random episode I watched with my dad. Cain? He's like, yeah, Lucifer's oh, dating Eve, Eve yeah, now. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, and like she's there for a while. But season four also introduced uh, like what if we did an episode or two that was like a two parter or they didn't solve that case yeah. or they you know something so it's a little bit more of an arc. Uh, they also had more of a through line with like a main villain outside of the cases mm. that they were working on, uh, which is really interesting. Uh, and then season five t- 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 takes that a step further, and they're on the case of a serial killer. Um, and and so there there's been multiple murders. There's that there's one point where they think they have arrested the ki- killer and. P- put him away and then they realize that that was a copycat they're just like oh shit he's still out there and stuff Hmm. um and yeah there's there's stuff like that but then they do something really neat uh that they're just like besides the like you know big bad of the whole season they did a one-off episode which i really hope they do more of down the road i think season five is the last season of it i don't know i i know i think there's supposed to be one more i think this might be the one more is the thing but they're but they're releasing season five in two parts is the thing so there there is still like that might be a chunk coming down the road but i yeah i don't know if they're going beyond season five um, but they did a one-off a- a- episode where Trixie, uh, the she's she's still in ah. in the show, and she is still oh, by far God. one of my favorite characters. Um, her and Maze are like best <laughs> best <laughs> friends. It's great. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad they still have yeah, that it's bond. Yeah, it's great. Um, but lucifer is hosting a game night at his apartment and it's supposed to be the detective and trixie and maze and like you know the the, the whole the whole gang and only trixie shows up Ah! and it's just like what where's your mom like how did you get here like what what the hell and she's just like well my mom didn't. She like she ended up ha- like having to go do something else, or you, you, who knows what. And so it's only her and Lucifer, and he hates kids. He's just like, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Like I just like, why is it you? Why are you here? Uh, but she ends up convincing him to t- tell a story. Uh, and Ooh. and so they're like. Tell he's like, well, I have plenty of stories, and she, and she's like, is it one that I can he- hear? He goes, oh, well, uh, hmm, okay, uh, and then she goes, well, what about your ring? You have a ring on your finger. Tell me the story of that ring. So he looks, at, he looks at, at, at it and thinks, and he's like, yeah, I can t- tell that story. And he goes, one time the devil went to New York City. The year was like 1946, Ooh. and then it g- 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 goes huh. to New York, 1946. It's in black and white. It's filmed like a like a crime noir <laughs> detective story, and it's they, they did have color film then, but okay. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's this like 1940s crime yeah, noir. Yeah gangster that can be in black and white i can't name a good color noir and and it's like um it like 
yeah, they know the thing where they're telling the story in another place, another time period, but they're reusing all of the same actors and stuff. That's my favorite it's thing. It's so good. Oh. I loved it. God, I'm always a sucker for just using the same actors again yes, in an alternate yes, universe. Except this is the same universe. It's just like uh, Lucifer has been around yes. for all of t time. So there has to be these stories mm -hmm. where he like came to Earth to do this one thing or this or that. And that's what he's t telling. And I hope they do more of that because it was so good. Um, but it's it's one of those things that like I want one of those per season or like per chunk because I can see it being too gimmicky and stuff. But still, like it was just like I like this that plus the like I... overarching villain like and the just complexity of the relationships and there we finally got to meet. Um, here's one thing. It's not a spoiler, but some people might think it's okay. a spoiler just to, to know that there is a certain character out there. But we, we have said some more of the biblical characters. Um, we get to meet Michael, the archangel Michael, who is Lucifer's yeah. twin. Whoa! Yeah, and so it's the it's the same actor, except he has an American a a a accent. Wow, yeah. sir. Uh, so that's kind of wild too. Um, there's all sorts of stuff, and there was kind of a cliffhanger at the end of this chunk from season five. Something that I didn't think they were going to do in this show, but I was like, huh, okay. I am interested in seeing where this goes. So, good mm. stuff. I, I yeah, I've been watching Lucifer. I'm still doing my I Gundam know. stuff. Um, I binge watched all in one night season three of a Netflix show called Marcella. It is a British crime mm. show uh, about this woman who is a detective. Uh, and she struggles with a number of uh, like mental issues or instabilities. Season one and two, she's trying to solve a case, and she keeps blacking out uh, and is like losing time. And evidence in the case that she's investigating is starting to point to her, as she was the one that mm. did all of this stuff. Uh, and so she's trying to still like lead the investigation publicly while still like staying one step ahead of everyone else and be like oh god this wasn't me right like fuck shit god you know like i have to do something um and season three picks up uh sometime after that and she is like deep undercover uh, with a new name, new all like all like all of that stuff in this like crime family in somewhere else, um, and th that was eight episodes long, and I binged that all in one night. I was just like, okay, <laughs> gonna sit here and watch this whole thing. And finally, wow. I started season two of Mind Hunter, um, ah. which I I am really enjoying. So mm -hmm. that's a good show if you like serial killers stuff like that 
it's 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 slow. It's not for everyone. I will say that, but I (laughs) really like that show. I feel like I only slightly like crime. Like there are crime people out there, and I met like, (laughs) yeah, you are you are crime. (laughs) And from I'm at the stage where it's like maybe you should get around watching Zodiac. Well, believe it or it's not, it's been on my list for I a while. I think this one. is the time when I finally watch it. Believe it or not, I I haven't seen that one. So there, uh-huh. there you go. I I, I also right. haven't. This is another one that's on my list of things, like my list of shame that I haven't seen. I haven't even seen the God. Yeah. Like that whole series. I've seen none of those. I have. This is something I've been thinking about doing a series of pitches on, which is movie genres I sincerely do not know yeah, personally. That's ab- absolutely. I've never seen any I've never seen any kind of a mafia movie. That's the, at all. That's absolutely what we should do on the re- review show. Uh, yeah. to explore all of the stuff. <laughs> like what else is out there? What is I I don't know anything about right? rom-coms. Let me find some rom-coms and st- you know. Yeah. You don't know stuff about mafia films or who knows what. No, that's not the type of dad I had. Like, there's certain there are mafia movie dads sure. out there, and my dad was like a a western dad, John Wayne. Yeah, man who shot yeah, Liberty Valance. Yeah, yeah. All of them. There you go. Um, yeah, we'll have to do something like that, or do like back to back weeks where we do our like list of shame of like. I don't know how I haven't seen this movie, but this is like pop culture 101. I'm p- pitching The Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, we'd have to do all of them, I think. D- d- well, yeah, we'd, we'd have to do the entire series uh, of yes. that one. But like, yeah, we'd, we'd have to do like back to back. Okay, here is Kyle's p- 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 pitches for movies he hasn't seen but he probably should have by now and then the next week Kyle, is we're embarking on a new month do you want to make it shame september <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> shame filled september <laughs> coming <laughs> to the whatnots what re- shame review september? <laughs> all shame november he said <laughs> all just shame timber <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i <laughs> yeah that's a i'm gonna get to that's work on this thing though i don't know i mean it is once a year if if we do it that way but i don't like that's the thing i don't know yeah let's 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 make it once a year we don't we don't have to do this every Why year not? kyle i'm just saying well, 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 let's see where we are next year. Maybe we've made tremendous strides by next year and we don't have as much shame Maybe it all starts with like all shame September. Really specific things. <laughs> shame-tember. <laughs> now, do you want to do all shame September or just you get a week, I get I, a week? I, I feel like we should do two weeks. I, I, I get a okay, week, you okay. get a week. You get a week, but... I get a week. I mean, we, I, I feel like we can still call it all shame September. Maybe that's the thing where like those first two weeks is like 
here are the actual movies that we shouldn't that we should have seen but by now and then we we do what you just mentioned of like here's a genre that i like know nothing about or here's a like a certain niche niche type of movie that i don't know much yeah or like i've never yeah seen this director or yeah yeah, I don't know if I've ever watched a movie set in this time period or in this state of the country. Or, or this or actor. Like, I've never seen a movie with, I don't know, Eddie Murphy or, or, or something, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. 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 Shame Timber. Let's do it. Shame Timber. Well, is, is, that, is that the best month for it? Because I... It, so here's 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 my only concern. I don't know. It's it's here's a, my only concern. It's alliterative and it's right now. What else do you it, have? It, it might be the best one. My only c- concern is when I made the Whatnots podcast, I was hesitant to do themed months because uh-huh. out of the fridge, which is like the huge inspiration, why I was like, let's do a book club style thing. Uh, they did a book club style podcast but it was only comics and they did Mm. themed months every month was a different theme and they had uh, multiple hosts so each week a different host got to pick what they were doing like one one month would be back to school the next month would be uh the 1940s you know the next month would be uh like vampires yeah and and stuff like that so (sighs) i didn't want to do themed months is the thing and so the fact that we were doing shame timber and then go right into our uh october horror month thing that we've that we've made a tradition here let's do the just two weeks you get a week, I get a week. You know, maybe this will be a theme we return to uh, in the future. You know, and I think it would be, like, it's nice to go, to go outside your comfort zone. That's something you always say. But I don't know if I want to do that for an entire month straight. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm good, with, yeah. good with that. I lo- so oftentimes I like to pitch things like I've seen before, but it's been like 15 years or that like right. I know well and would like to share yeah. with you. Or like things we know that now I want to do like, yeah, well, we've all seen this movie. Let's talk about it deeply for an hour sure. and a half. Yeah. 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 Good. Good. I'm excited okay. for stuff like that. Great. <laughs> shame Timber. <laughs> Two weeks special and shame Timber. Great stuff. Okay. Exciting Indeed. news. Uh, well, with that, I say we wrap things up right there. Uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping before we get out of here, though. Uh, if you did not know, which I hopefully you do, because we just announced Shame Timber, uh, we have multiple <laughs> podcasts here <laughs> at the Whatnots. Yeah. Um, you guys can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, or your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just t- type in the Whatnots, and all of our shows will pop up right there. If you like what we do, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. At our $3 tier, there's all kinds of exclusive content for all of our shows. 
Uh, and we would like to give a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier. Uh, so thank you, Sam, for helping us out uh, and being a supporter for so long. Thank you so thank much. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Uh, but that's about it. So, Melissa, where can the p- p- people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And you can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. You guys can stay up to date with our shows at The Whatnots on Twitter. Go like, share, subscribe, telephone, telefriend, uh, make it theater. <laughs> If you know what I mean, I I don't know, I, I, don't, I don't know where that came from. You keep dropping, you keep dropping vowels out of it like you're a fancy gambit. Tieta, my dear, Tieta. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, let's get out of here. This has been yeah. episode 109 of the Captain's mm. Log. We will be back next week. Bye. Bye.